Hello, 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 podcast listeners, and welcome to another edition of PWC Connections, the podcast. We made it for another episode. They're allowing us to still keep rolling out content. And while they are, we're trying to bring quality to it. It's October. In fact, it's October 14th, so we're about the middle of the month. And it is public power time. So we're going to bring you some great content and tell you the value of having a public power utility. But who is this guy talking to you? If you tuning into this episode for the first time, my name is Lamont Henson. I am an associate in the communications and community relations department being joined by my teammate and colleague, Miss Nicole Stiff. What's going on, Coley Cole? Hey, Lamont. What's up? Uh, We hanging out again in the bucket. I know. And it's such a special time. You want to know why? Tell me why. It's not just Poet Power Week, but right. it's somebody's birthday. Whose birthday is it? It's my, yours, Lamont. My wife would say it's her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to celebrate another turn around the sun. And who cares about me? We're talking about public power. Absolutely. And we are fortunate to have someone join us here in the bucket, a guy who kind of stands off to his own and a man of one, some might say. So his name is appropriate. Ace. Come on. You see what I did there? I, I, I feel like that. Yeah, I do. I feel like that carries a lot of um, expectation with it, too. Yeah, I think I mean, he carries it have, well, though. Yeah, you got to have a strong personality with a name like that. We are talking about PWC's public power or oh, oh, power plant manager, Mr. Ace May. What's going on, Ace? Not much. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. We know that you are normally out there at Butler Warner uh, maintaining things. So appreciate you making the time and uh, hopefully the power plant's okay. It's fine. It's in good hands. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not the only one with your finger on the button, right? That's correct. All right, Ace, uh, share with our audience. Let them get a little bit more familiar with uh, If you would tell us about your title as the power plant manager, kind of what that entails and how long have you been with PwC? I've been with PwC going on 35 years. Wow. January the 5th will be my 35th anniversary. So you've seen a lot of changes. A lot of changes. Okay. Um, my job is basically just to keep the plant available and ready to run at, uh, for Duke to dispatch us. And, of course, there's a team of 29 other folks out there that help us prepare that plant for that. Yeah. Help me. How how do you become a power plant manager? It seems like a very big role. I, I don't require I don't remember seeing that curriculum when I was going through school. So <laughs> I don't know if you can get a certification for it. I mean, Ooh, sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah. Typically I think you would want to engineer in, in this position. Okay. Um I guess I'm an engineer for a school of hard knocks. I didn't go to college. But I started at PwC in 1988 as a operator slash maintenance technician, mm-hmm. and just worked my up my way up through the ranks. Nothing like experience. Yep. So you've been here long enough that no one can tell you that you're not doing it the right way. Well, I guess they can, <laughs> but you know. We... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with things being managed at the power plant, what is a, a I'm sure it's no typical day-to-day, or maybe there is. What does it look like on a day-to-day with your responsibilities? Just day-to-day. I mean, I show up, and um, we're, we're prepared to run the plant. Um, I just make sure that everybody's safe and, and that, that the supervisors that work under me are doing their job, which which we got very good supervisors out there, and we got good personnel. So it's, sometimes it's actually kind of kind of easy now. Of course, I've been here for 35 years. And yeah. It, it should be, I hope, but 
It, the biggest challenge is it's rotating equipment and you're going to have failures and we do have failures and it's just, you have to deal with them and react to them and try to get the unit back in service as soon as possible. And for those who may not know, we're talking about Butler Warner Generation Plant. PwC is the only municipal utility company in the state of North Carolina to own and operate a power plant. Uh, it was built to help out our customers. How, did, how does it help out our customers? I know. Well, back when they built it, they, they did that to cut back on the demand charge from the host utility. And they took that money that they saved and paid for the plant with it. And then as the plant um, performed well, they added on and they ended up putting eight gas turbines out there. So that went on from 76 to 1988. And as the um, Fayetteville grew and the load grew, they added a steam turbine to it and heat recovery steam generators that tied to the gas turbines. And we captured that heat to generate that steam to make uh, 60 extra megawatts at the plant. So kind of break that down. What, what is a turbine? Turbine is basically an airplane engine. Okay. Um, it's a jet engine. It's just industrial built. It's on a an industrial frame. It's bigger than a um, jet engine, but it's um, principles are the same the way it operates. Okay. And you said it can generate uh, 65,000 KW or that's the steam turbine can. And that's with no fuel. It doesn't use fuel. It uses steam. Your fuel usage is in your gas turbines, mm -hmm. which they're, they're a turbine as well. And they um, consume natural gas or number two fuel oil. How much power is that? What does that kind of equate to? How, what, what could it power? Um, the total plant? Yes. Would, would power half of Fayetteville at its peak load. Wow. And that's what you guys are responsible for. Yep. Does the load and demand change based on summer or winter and how? Yes, in the summertime, you have a, a load curve that peaks at about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you were following that peak, you would follow it from about 11 o'clock in the morning to about 11 o'clock at night as it would come back down. In the wintertime, that peak is at about 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's a much steeper curve. It happens from 6 to 8 and then ramps back down towards 10 o'clock. So it would be... um two different ways of, of handling it. Uh, the, the summertime is a little easier to, to shave that peak because it's a longer curve. The wintertime it's, um, it's screaming up because everybody's getting up, getting ready for work. It's cold. The heaters are on things like that. I, I would imagine a, a lot of the things that you guys are, are fulfilling at the plant are within the contract, within our power supply contract. What are, what is the, the significance of the power supply contract? Well, what we're doing now with the plant is releasing it to Duke Energy, and they're paying us a capacity payment for the plant. So they just pay us a, about $12 million a year to generate when they ask us to. Mm. If they ask us to generate one time or 100, we still get paid the $12 million a year. It's just for the capacity. Wow. And they can call you to do that at any time, right? There's not like a set time every day they do that. Right. And typically, if it's hot or cold, we know if we're going to get a call. Uh, we'll talk to their dispatch center a uh, day before if a hot day or a cold day. Uh, but there is a, on occasion, if they lose a plant, especially a big nuclear plant or so, they'll call us immediately, just phone call and tell us to start up everything we got. And we're, we're staffed to do that 24 seven. The, the rep talk about the revenue generated from the uh, supply contract and how that helps the customers. Well, 
with that capacity payment they pay us, uh, we put that in a rate stabilization fund. And that helps when, like right now, when gas prices are going up and we're not raising our rates. We set our rates, I believe, a year or two ago in electric, um, maybe this past year. But that helps if, if the economy gets bad and the prices go up. That rate stabilization fund helps us pay our power supply bill from Duke Energy because it changes. It, it changes based on based on cost. Right. I was going to say we were just earlier today, we were talking about there's the perception that some of our customers have that our rates change all the time. And we're like, no, that's, that's a, it's set until we, you know, change it again, like a year, but it it doesn't change every day is what I'm trying to get at. Right. And so the rate stabilization fund is what keeps us from having to fluctuate our rates. Is that correct? That's correct. And actually, if you, been around long enough in 2003 to 2012 that contract we had before this one started the economy got really bad in 08 everybody remembers the housing mm-hmm. crash and, yep and I, I actually am a south river um, customer and i got a 35 dollars weather adjustment charge on my bill during those times and pwc's rate did not change during those times because we had a contract set and our prices didn't change and we had the rate stabilization fund and we did not raise our rates until probably two years before the new contract started, which would have been 2012 and setting up for the next new contract because rates were going up and we knew they were going up. So we eased that rate increase in for over a two year period to prepare the customers for that inc- for that um, new contract to start. For those who may not be familiar, we have we offer uh, tours of the power plant for the certain functions and the power plant is pristine. You wouldn't imagine uh, a plant that's operating jet engines. It would have some grease some places somewhere. But I, I mean, just as clean as a hospital, what goes into maintaining and uh, even the upgrades of the, the, the turbines or different facility spots or your control room? What does that all encompass? Yes. There, you know, we have some free time at the plant because we don't run all the time because we are a peaking plant. So we do keep it clean. And when we're not busy running, we're doing maintenance on, on things and preparing it, you know, for when they do make, give us the call. You know, the plan is the safer we are, you know, think people aren't stumbling over everything. So we do try to keep it clean and we, and we have to paint just because things rust if you don't paint. Um, and that extends the life of things like that. So we try to we try to do our our best at keeping it, you know, up to, up to par, to our par anyway, um, in order for us to 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 meet the to meet the contract. Another thing that some of our customers may or may not be familiar with is our community solar farm. It is located nearby our uh, generation plant. How do those two things kind of complement each other? How does the solar farm factor in to uh, us reducing the demand on the load? Well, a solar farm um, just basically gives us energy. um, And the energy it gives us is is probably from 10 o'clock in the morning to probably 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It does a little bit afterwards and before, but it's not very much. So it doesn't help our, our, our demand, period. I think our demand periods in the winter is six to 10 mm. and they're three to seven in the summertime. So the solar farm doesn't really come into play for the demand charge, but it does give us a little bit of extra energy that's cheap because there's no fuel involved. Now we, 
did install some batteries and the batteries we can discharge during those peak demand times. And that's what we're doing now. We have upgraded our batteries from a half a megawatt to two megawatts total. And we discharge those from six to 10 in the wintertime and three to seven in the summertime to decrease that demand charge by two megawatts. Two megawatts. I'm actually kind of glad you referenced that because I think sometimes um, it is still very difficult for us to um, continue to educate our customers about the time of use rate that they pay and how it ties into the demand and all that. So I think hearing you say that that's when our stuff is high too um, kind of translates to them and understanding that th that that's when your time is high, that's when our time is high too. Right. And we, we do our part by our plants. We have uh, two water plants and two reclamation plants, and they they try to curtail their usage during those peak times as well. And if I'm not mistaken, it's not my um, job, but I do pay attention. Um, I believe we saved about $1.4 million last year by batteries, voltage reduction, and our plants trying to conserve during those peak times. Yeah. And I think that's important too, that we show our customers that we're just as concerned about yeah. that stuff from our end of it as well. And we're doing all that we can to cut those costs too. So it doesn't get passed along to them. And I'm ashamed of myself that I don't remember that amount because I just put something about that in a newsletter. So I should remember it, but it was a pretty significant amount of savings that we had. So I, I think that's pretty awesome that we're all willing to chip in and do what we can. What do you think the future for uh, Butler Warner is? Well, right now we're going through some major overhauls. <clears throat> that that entails taking the gas turbine basically completely apart, refurbishing the parts and putting it back together. We're on our third one and we have eight units, so we have five to go. It's roughly about $2.5 million each time you do it. So by doing that, we extend the life of the unit. These These units are near their end of life, but we're still doing our part to try to keep them running as long as we can because the plan is very valuable to PwC. You, you've been out there since 1988. What is What are some of the more critical times or a, a time when you guys had to up and operate that you can remember that was, it sticks with you? Well, I remember probably back in 89, it snowed, I want to say it snowed Christmas in 89. And we were running the plant. It was very cold. The instruments were getting cold. Um, we had heat trace on them, but it wasn't as good as the heat trace as you know we thought it was. And our instruments were freezing. So we couldn't get a, a level in the control room of the drums. And we actually took phone booths and put them on top of the boiler. And a guy had to sit in that phone booth and watch the manual level indicator while we ran the plant. Wow. So that, that was pretty interesting. We've done some things. We were almost ran out of oil during that time. Um, we can burn about 21,000 gallons an hour when we run all eight units on fuel oil. Wow. And I think we got down to about 250,000 gallons on site. And we were ordering oil as fast as we could, getting it in there. They were trucking it in as we were running the plant. Have you guys run into any supply chain issues lately? Yeah, we, we definitely have that issue just from the units being as old as they are. Mm -hmm. um, we have bought some parts off eBay. Mm. Um Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. Ace. Yeah. Well, we actually back, you know, years ago when eBay first started, you know, we couldn't get to it from the um, company computer and we had to actually get it to give us permission to get on eBay. 
with our computer at work, one of the computers, yeah. so we can search for parts. Um, I just wouldn't think they would sell that kind of stuff on eBay. That's amazing. They yeah. sell everything on eBay. Uh, right. Yeah. I should know better. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's hard to find parts, and we have a few suppliers that we, we go through. GE is the, is the manufacturer of the turbines, and sometimes, you know, um, they're in probably three more generations of turbines where we're from us, so they don't spend a lot of time making those parts. Um, we're having an outage right now. We needed some turbine wheels and they found two of them in Florence, Italy. And that's where they manufacture the frame fives now. So um, we have ordered them and they're on their way to Houston. That rotor is in Houston getting repaired done on it. So that, those are coming from Houston, uh, from, from Florence, Italy, which is kind of neat. Right, you know? right. What's the longest time you guys have had to run a plant? And what was that situation? Back in 2018, um, I believe the temperature didn't get above 32 degrees for seven to 10 days in Fayetteville. And we ran the plant for 163 hours straight, which is five hours short of a week. Wow. And the longest time before that was in 2015. Um, we ran for four days straight. But I think we had a polar vortex in 14, 15 I don't know what they called the one in 18. It was, it was worse because it hung around for a long time <laughs> yeah. and people were shocked at their electric bills because their heat pumps were just running on heat strips. Typically your heat pump is going to get some relief about 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And that compressor can start making heat. Um, when it's below 32 like that, it just doesn't get a break. And that those heat strips have to run continuous and it, I saw my electric bill go really high as well. Right, right. <laughs> in in the time that you've been in your position, what do you think you've appreciated most about your career? Oh, I'm just fortunate to, to be here. Um, I have opportunities. I mean, typically there's going to be an engineer in my position, and I was fortunate enough that they gave me an opportunity to 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 show them that I could, you know, do the job. And I'm very very fortunate to be, to have my career at PwC. Why PwC? I'm, I'm, I'm sure in that time uh, you've had opportunities come your way or uh, you could have sought opportunities to, to move or work with another company industry. Why did you decide to make your mark here? Well, Fayetteville is basically home for me. I mean, I came here when I was four years old through the Air Force. My dad was an Air Force um, guy. We're so. about the same there. I've been here since I was four. My yeah. retired Air Force. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, we you always get a lot of headhunters at the power plant. They're always sending emails. They're calling and trying to hire people away. And I just no desire to leave Fayetteville. I, I like Fayetteville. Well, we're very glad to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Very glad to have you on this episode of the podcast uh, and telling us about Butler Warner Generation Plant. Nicole, you got anything else before we get out of here? Happy birthday, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to remind everyone that uh, PwC is a public power and we take pride in that. And we try to remind our customers on multiple levels that we provide reasonable rates, that we care about our customers, that we try to re provide reliable quality service in all of our services. And having Ace here to talk about the generation plant was just one of those elements that uh, people may not think about, but it does help us remain stable. It does help us keep the rates at a certain level and it does help us and just to point out that we're the only one in north carolina to own and operate a power plant says a whole lot ace i want to say thank you for all your service everything you do for the 
for the organization and for being a great guy since I've been here. You haven't been standoffish or made me feel dumb in any way. Even like <laughs> I'm asking questions like, what's the term? I've been wanting to ask that question for five years. <laughs> So now, I, well, I can honestly say I've asked that question before, not of Ace, but I should have asked you because you were the only one who explained it in a way that I understood what it meant. <laughs> so, so, so thank you for explaining it in layman's terms and for, and for being so great whenever we do come out there for tours or for PWC days. So thank you. No thank you guys for listening to another episode of PWC Connections. Please continue to listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify. Also check out our social media platforms, FAYPWC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Nextdoor, LinkedIn, wherever you're doing social media. And most importantly, please visit our website, www.fayPWC.com. It is our hub for all our information and content for our services and how you can sign up for whatever programs that we're offering at the time. Nicole, thank you for joining me and being my co-host. It is always a pleasure. And we will catch you guys next time. We're signing out. Take care.